evening. I'm thankful to Pastor Capel and uh, the deacons for allowing me to be able to speak here tonight. It, it definitely is uh, a little nerve-wracking a little bit having the chancellor of your college here right now, but <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely thankful to, to be able to have this opportunity tonight. Um, you know, for summer times growing up for me was full of, you know, what little what kids do all the time, you know, being outside, riding bikes, playing sports, you know, climbing trees, going barefoot everywhere, things like that. Well, one of the things that we would do in the summertime is my parents always planted a garden, like always. We'd have just tomatoes coming out our ears, it felt like, just all the time. We'd have tomatoes and cucumbers and peppers and onions and watermelon, and we, had, we did pumpkins one time. I mean, we just had so much things to, to take care of. And part of that is you have to make sure that the garden is weeded and make sure it's watered, things like that. Well, with watering the garden, we would take and use these sprinklers. They were kind of a tripod thing. You would hook your water hose up to it, and it would just begin you know, watering the garden. Well, in our, with our, uh, our sprinklers, they had a little bit of a leak to them. Whenever you would hook up the, the water hose to it, it would begin leaking right underneath this, this sprinkler. And so, no doubt, it would create this big, this big mud puddle underneath it. So me as a little kid, what am I going to do? I'm going to play in the mud puddle, of course. And so that's what I would do. My brother and I, we'd get about halfway up our calves in mud, just playing in it, having a good time. And we would also take some of this mud, and we'd begin to make these little dirt mounds and stuff like that. And we'd take our little monster trucks, and we'd, we'd just have a, such a good time. But, you know, another thing that I would do is I would take some of this mud and I would begin to form it into these little mud balls. You're like, mud ball? Yeah, I was just a weird kid. But <laughs> anyways, I would take and I'd make these little mud balls and I'd stick them out on the concrete and I'd let the sun bake them until they were like rock hard. And then I would take the things and of course I'm just going to chunk them at something and just watch them explode. I, I mean, for whatever reason why I thought it was fun, I just wanted to do it. But thinking about that story of molding and making those little dirt balls makes me think about the passage that we'll read here tonight. If you'll turn to John chapter 2, John chapter 2, in just a moment we'll read verses 1 through 11. But when we come to this passage, Jesus has just begun his earthly ministry, and he's about to perform his first recorded miracle in the Bible. John chapter 2 and verse number 1, it says, And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, They have no wine. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And there were set six water pots of stone, after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. Jesus saith unto them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he saith unto them, Draw out now, and bear unto the governor of the feast. And they bear it. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom, and saith unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine. When men have well drunk, then that which is worse 
but thou hast kept the good wine until now. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory, and his disciples believed on him. Tonight, I'm going to look at this passage a little bit differently, not just so much the miracle that took place. And no, if you're looking over here, I'm not about to try to turn water into wine or anything like that. No, but we'll get to that in just a minute. But tonight, I want to think about the water pots. I think there's a, a significance to these things. The Lord gave me this message just, it's probably, it's been probably two months ago. I began talking to Hannah about it. And the Lord gave me this opportunity, so I believe this is what the Lord wants me to talk about. But talk, thinking tonight about water pots, Christians should be cleaned, filled, and poured out on a regular basis. This evening, I'd like to try to preach a message that I've entitled, I'm Just a Water Pot. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity you've given to me. Thank you for each and every person that's here tonight. And I, I don't think it's any accident that everybody's here tonight. I pray that you would please just use this message in spite of me. And I pray that you would use it to help other people that are here, maybe listening on live stream or somewhere down the road. I pray that you would use it in their lives and use it in my own life to help us to understand more about what a water pot is and what its use is. Thank you for being so good to us, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. This evening, I would, I'd like to leave with you three aspects about a water pot. So this is going to kind of be a, a little bit of geography, I guess you think about it a little bit, you know, thinking about some of the history of, of back in Bible times, what they would do with water pots. So the first thing we see is the process of making the water pots, the process of making the water pot. So we'll look at just a couple different types of water pots. First of all, you probably think of this one a little more often, of a clay pot. You know, you go out to the store, you find these different clay pots. And if you, if you think about it, when, when a clay pot was made, it was made from a mixture of clay, sand, and water. And they would take this clay that they dug out of the ground and be in these bigger chunks. And once it was dry, they would take and they would grind this down to more of a powder-like substance. And then at that moment, it was able to be used. It couldn't be big chunks. Uh, for those of you who do any kind of construction or things like that, if you've ever messed with something like drywall mud or like mortar for bricks, laying bricks and things like that, you couldn't have big pieces of gravel in there or else it wouldn't make the thing sit like it needs to. And that's the same thing that it was for these clay pots. They had to be ground down to powder before they were able to be used in this mixture to make these, these pots. The potter would take the clay and he would put it on the potter's wheel and he'd begin to turn that wheel, and as that wheel turned, he would use his thumbs, he'd use his hands to begin to mold and to shape that pot exactly like he wanted it to be. This process would continue and continue until the potter had made it exactly like he wanted it to be. And then he would sit it over to the side, let it dry, and then it was able to be used. In Jeremiah chapter 18, you don't have to turn there unless you want to. In Jeremiah chapter 18, we read about where... The Lord tells Jeremiah in verse number one, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter, so he made it again another vessel as seemed good to the potter to make it. 
these pots, these clay pots, they had to be formed. They, once they were formed, then they could be used. Now, thinking, putting that kind of to the side a little bit in your mind, we're going to transition over to what the pots that are talked about here in John 2. If you look again at verse number 6, it says, And there were set six water pots of stone. So these were stone water pots. And there's a significance, there's a difference between the two. They were made from a chunk of limestone. So they would, they would harvest these big chunks of limestone. And from what I can understand, it was more of a softer stone. And so the, the maker of it, or the one who was forming these pots, he would take a chisel and begin chiseling away, knocking away at these stones to be able to make it to a vessel that could be used. You know, the, the maker, he would, he would do this until he had made it exactly like he wanted it to be. Um, in this passage, it talks about there being six water pots. Um, these were uh, thought to have contained at least nine gallons of water each. So if you think about that, six times nine, 54 gallons, that's quite a bit of, of wine to make. We know that this was not fermented wine or anything like that, but we won't go down that whole road. But the whole process, if you think about it, 54 gallons of wine the second time, that's a whole lot of people that was at this wedding. So it wasn't just a small miracle that took place. This was a big miracle. Now, both of these types of pots can represent, or they can be used in application of our lives to think about. It's not very hard for us to think how God can take and mold us, and he's constantly trying to chisel away at us to make us exactly like he wants us to be. Remembering, thinking about the title of the message, I'm just a water pot, thinking about that. You know, when you look at a water pot, you don't think like, wow, that thing's amazing. You don't look at it and you're starting to drool over a water pot. There's nothing that's significant and something that's like, wow, about a water pot. But we do get a little more wild about when we see a potter making a water pot. We're like, wow, that's, that's really cool. That's really interesting. And that's the, the thing that we ought to be doing in our lives is we ought to be representing our maker, the one who is constantly shaping us, the one who's constantly knocking away at our lives to make us exactly like he wants us to be. The forming, pro- the forming process of our potter that he does on Christians may sometimes feel uncomfortable. If you think about uh, the clay pot, as, as he begins putting his thumbs in there, he begins widening out that pot. And as you think about it as in the, in the life of a Christian, God begins to stretch us and begins to do things in our lives or maybe sometimes begin to pull us back in together. And that stretching and that, that, that back and forth motion sometimes can be something that is uncomfortable. I mean, I, honestly, I never thought I'd be standing here right now preaching to you. This is uncomfortable for me. But God's using it to help me, you know. And God is constantly wanting to do that in our lives to shape us to be more like the image of Jesus. There's not much that's super desirable about the water pot, but it's important for us to remember the process that goes along with making it. Now, first of all, we looked at the process. The second thing we look at is the purifying of the water pot. These pots had to be clean in order to be used. If you turn to Leviticus chapter number 11, just hold your finger there in and, and John 2. Leviticus chapter number 11. When we go back to thinking about these clay pots and the stone pots, there's something that is significant about it. If you look look in Leviticus chapter 11, verse number 29, 
It says, These also shall be unclean to you among the creeping things that creep upon the earth, the weasel and the mouse and the tortoise after his kind, and the ferret and the chameleon and the lizard and the snail and the mole. These are unclean to you among all that creep. Whosoever doth touch them when they be dead shall be unclean until the even. And upon whatsoever any of them when they are dead doth fall, it shall be unclean, whether it be any vessel of wood or raiment or skin or sack. Whatsoever vessel it be wherein any work is done, it must be put into water, and it shall be unclean until the evening, so shall it be cleansed. And here's our verse. And every earthen vessel, this is referring to a clay pot, every earthen vessel whereunto any of them falleth, whatsoever it is, shall be unclean, and ye shall break it. So there was there's significance about the pot being clean in Levitical uh, in the days of the Old Testament. If something of any of these sorts was to fall into that pot, it was considered unclean. And for a clay pot, they'd have to break it. And so that means that that pot is unusable until it was ground down again to powder and reformed into another vessel. That that helps us to understand that we as Christians ought to be clean people. You and I can always be too big for God to use, but we can never be too small. God has to take those fragments sometimes in our life when we get too big for our own britches, so to speak. And God has to break us down to that, that powder again so he can use us again. In Isaiah fifty-seven fifteen, it says, For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the heart of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. I heard this in a message actually preached by my father-in-law. He, he was talking about contrite. That word behind contrite is actually grinding to a powder. And that's what, what God is saying right there is that he, he dwells with those that are of a contrite heart, a contrite spirit. In Psalm 34, 18, it says, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. So you think about that with the, the clay pots. Now put that aside a little bit in your mind and let's, re, let's revert over to the stone pots. These also had to be cleaned. If they were found to be unclean, they could use water to wash these out. My, my mother-in-law, she says, she calls this verse the wet wipe of the word. It's 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. These, these vessels had to be clean in order for them to be used. And the same thing is true of us as Christians, that we must be clean if we expect God to use us. Now, I want you to think about Let me ask you a question. Does any of you have like a favorite cup you use? Maybe a favorite mug, a favorite, I don't know, like a water bottle or whatever? Yeah, I've got something too. I use it every work day. You know, I, Josh knows exactly what I'm talking about. Is this black water bottle that I use almost every single day. Well, you know, over time, if I don't wash it, it begins, you look inside of there and you're kind of like, ooh, what is that? I did that actually, and I'm not, not lying, I did that just like last week. <laughs> I looked in the lid and I was like, okay, that's a little nasty. So I, I began cleaning it out and now it's usable. The, the truth is none of us want to use something that's dirty. None of us want to use something that is molded or something that's got something growing in there or whatever. We don't want to use something like that. But why do we expect God to want to use something like that too? Why do we come to God? Why do we come before God and 
with a, a dirty heart, a dirty mind, a dirty whatever it is, and expect God to use us. God wants to use a clean vessel. Now, in, in 2 Timothy 2, verse number 16, 2 Timothy 2 and verse number 16, we'll read through verse 21. It says, But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto, unto more ungodliness, and their word will eat as doth a canker, of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let every one that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Now, thinking about this, we get down to uh, verse number 21. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. Now, thinking about that, all of us, we want to be a vessel that is unto honor, not unto dishonor. God wants to use a clean vessel. We've looked at the process. We looked at the purifying of the, the pots. But this is where I really wanted to get to, is the purpose of the water pot. There's a purpose for them. Especially back in Bible times, they didn't have nearly as much as what we have today. I mean, honestly, we're, we're blessed people. I think all of us would agree in saying that. But people didn't just make a water pot just to make it. They didn't just put it up on the shelf just to look at. There was a purpose to it. And that's the same thing that it is for us. God has given every single one of us a purpose in life. God wants to use us in a specific way. With um, thinking about after a, a vessel is already cleaned, then it, ha- it must be filled. It must be filled. In Ephesians 5.18 it says, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. If you look back at our verse in, in John chapter 2, when Jesus said unto them in verse number 7, fill the water pots, it says they filled them up to the brim. And then in Ephesians five eighteen, he says, but be filled with the Spirit. That word filled is actually talking about being filled all the way up, being completely full with God, being filled with the Spirit. A good example is thinking about the Lord Jesus in John 1.14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He was full of that, completely full. And I, the question comes in my mind, what am I filled with? What is in my life? What am, what am I filled with? And is, it, is it myself? Is it the world? Is it something else besides God, besides his word. In Psalm 119.11, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. We ought to be hiding God's word in our heart. We ought to be filling our minds with God's word and filling ourselves with the Holy Spirit. Now, a vessel, after it's been filled, it doesn't really do anybody any good just for it to sit there and be filled. And that's where our illustration comes into play. Because it's supposed to be emptied. There comes a time for Christians in their life, and this should be happening on a regular basis, that we're not only just filled with the Holy Spirit, we're not just filled with the knowledge of God or filled with the Bible, but we're pouring into other people what God has poured into us. Now thinking about it over here with this illustration, I know not everybody can see it, 
But over here on the side, I've got a picture right here that says Holy Spirit. The middle one that says me. And that's, so that's representing me. If, I want you to think about it representing you as an individual. And over on the side, it says others. All right? Now, this cup is completely full with something that is dirty. There's dirt and water that's inside there. So it's completely full of something that is unusable at that point. As representing me being filled with whatever that is outside of what God wants me to be filled with. Whether that be myself, whether that be the world, whatever. What true humility is, is when I take and I completely empty myself of myself. And I allow God to cleanse me. And now it's, and now it's something that is usable because it's been cleaned. Now thinking about that, once I am emptied of myself, once I'm a clean vessel, then God can then be, he can then fill me with the Holy Spirit when I'm filled with him, then when I pour into other people, what am I pouring into them? So to speak, I'm pouring into them God rather than me. So then when, I, when I'm talking to other people, I'm pouring, I'm pouring God into them. You know, the truth is there's nothing that's spectacular about any one of us. I mean, we're just people that's been saved by the grace of God. Amen. But God wants us to be filled with him. Because he's the one that changes people. He's the one that changed. If you've been saved, he's the one that changed your life. It wasn't a person talking about a human being like me or any one of us. It wasn't, it wasn't us. It was God that changed us. And it's God that is the one that can change other people's lives. So a vessel must first be cleaned. But after it's cleaned, then it, it should be filled. And after it's filled, it should be emptied into other people. Thinking about that application in all of our lives. Where are you at tonight? Thinking about if God was to look into your life, the vessel of your life, does he look with that, that eye of disgust because he sees the sin that's in your life? Are you a clean vessel? Are you a vessel that God can use right now? If God was to lay something on, if God was to lay something on your heart, is, is he looking for you because... Uh, because you're a clean vessel, a vessel that is able to be used. Are you clean tonight? Thinking about it as well with being filled. Are you being filled daily with the Word of God, being filled daily with the Holy Spirit? It's, it's nice to come to church, and I'm not downplaying any of that. But we ought to have daily devotions. We ought to be daily with God. So are you being filled? But then also, are you allowing God to empty you into other people? empty what he's poured into you and to other people. I don't know exactly where you find yourself tonight, but just let the Lord have his way. Whatever it is, if, it, if you're dirty, 1 John 1, 9, confess your sins before God. Maybe you're not being filled. Change that in your life. And maybe you're not allowing God to use you to pour into other people. Change that up. Every one of us have the decision to make. Unlike these water pots here in this story, they didn't have a choice, obviously. But God has allowed us the opportunity, the choice to be used of him. But have we made ourselves available for God's use? 
Now, let's remember this, this whole story. Remember this silly little illustration when we think about, I'm just a water pot. You know, I want, I want God to use me. God desires to use me. We all have a purpose. God's given us a purpose. But am I allowing God to use me like he wants to? Let's pray, and I'll turn it back over to Brother Bernie. Father, thank you for this, this evening. Thank you for this passage that you've uh, laid on my heart. I pray that, Lord, you take it and use it in each and every one of our lives, starting with me. You know that each and every one of these points, they hit home right with me. Lord, I need to be a clean vessel. I need to be a vessel that is constantly being filled with you. But also I need to be emptying myself uh, into other people. Lord, what you fill me with, I need to be filling other people with as well. Thank you for being so good to us. Thank you for loving us. I pray that you would bless during our prayer time. In Jesus' name.